Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Daf HaShavua, Masechus Yuvamas, Daf Nun. We will begin the next parak in the second part of the Shir. I know that many of you have already gone through the beginning of uh, the next parak on Daf Nun, but we still have to finish some things up from the previous parak. Amazing, amazing Agarita that we had uh, last week. I didn't really get to discuss the Agarita with Yeshayahu. The great Yeshayahu offers us Nechama, who we lean on at times of great challenge, is taken to task. Again, great tzaddikim are judged very uh, carefully by the Rebbeinu Shalala. And the message is not to chas v'shalom criticize them, but more lessons that we could learn. And he said something which we learned about last week, the Amar v'soch am t'meis v'sayim, in the midst of a people of unclean lips, Yeshayahu did not have the confidence that the Jewish community, in this particular case, he was talking to Menashe, would be able to change. So he actually thought he was doing a better thing. But in this accusation, he's saying about the Jewish people, he is called to task. And it's very challenging from a theological side, from a philosophical side, Lamasa, he was most likely reflecting the truth. Rabbi Soloveitchik one year discussed uh, Gemara Masechus Yoma that some of you are going to be getting up to soon if you're learning Daf Yomi, how the great Shimon Hatzadik, as a Kohen Gadol, right, lost faith in the people. And then he knew it was the, the end, right? A leader has challenges for many individuals. We have this as parents as well, but ultimately we have to uh, believe in Klai Yisrael, believe in the people. It doesn't mean that Yeshayahu didn't. It doesn't mean that the great Gedolim didn't. But it happens at times, and it's a reflection very often of a great love for the people. If you go through uh, writings of Ramosha Feinstein, you'll see this as well, the confidence in the street, the confidence in the people, not to complain always, about how hard it is to be a Jew, to think that Judaism is going to end, chas v'shalom. But it's a great challenge. And Yeshayahu Anavi, again, is our prophet of hope. But this is uh, towards the end of his life. And again, just the terrible tragedy of uh, being assassinated. Which leads us to something on the second uh, part of this Agarita. Again, what I just pointed out now is really found on Memtesam base. We're on Daf Nun. So the Gemara begins with trying to reconcile a contradiction that Menashe brought up that Yeshayahu didn't think it was worth answering. He, he said it's, it's not going to help. A let's is a let's. He's not, it's not going to help, and it's better that he does things by accident than not intentionally, which is a whole discussion in its own right. But one of the questions that Menashe challenged uh, Yeshayahu with was a stira, a contradiction in the Torah. Moshe said in Devarim, Dalit Zion, Perik uh, Dalit Pasuk Zion, what did Moshe Rabbeinu say? Moshe Rabbeinu said that the Jewish people always have access to the Rebona Shalom. Mika Shem Lokeinu Bechol Kareinu Eilav. Va'at and you say, which we know, of course, the very famous uh, prophecy, and you say that Hashem, seek Hashem when he can be found, whenever we call upon him. 
which means, while, sorry, Dirshu Hashem Behimatzo, call upon him while he is near, which is not whenever. It's only when he's near, which implies that Hashem is not always near. So the Gemara doesn't want to leave this question hanging. It's not going to leave the Menashe's question as the result. So our Gemara says, Dirshu Hashem Behimatzo, the Gemara says that this contradiction is resolved by pointing out that when Hashem says that everybody has access to me at any time, the everybody or the anybody is the tzibor, the entity of the tzibor. It doesn't necessarily mean every individual, but there are for the individual specific times when Hashem's presence is more extant. And we're going to try to explain this halacha lamasa, as the Rishonim do. So that's the resolution to it. Dear Shu Hashem, Bihimatso. Dear Shu Hashem, Bihimatso, the Gemara says, Elu Asara Yamim, Shabain Rosh Hashanah, Liyom Kippurim. During these 10 days between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Now, again, this does not mean that we have no access to Hashem other times. We just have to work even harder. It's ironic because we'd say we have to work harder during the Sarasim Shuvah. That's true. Not on accessing Hashem, but I believe what it means is on accessing ourselves. And this, of course, is Halacha Lamasa, and I want to give a couple of manifestations of it. The Pasuk of Dirsha Hashem Bihi Matzah, Karav, Yishayahu Nun Hei Vav, we're of course familiar with. Uh, Haftorah of fast days. I'm actually recording this year before Pashas Emor, and you have in the Gemara Maseches Megillah that discusses uh, the basis of Kriya Torah and the Haftorahs on certain days. Now, the Haftorah on Atanis is meant not to uh, just get us through the fast day, but to inspire us to do tshuva. The way it's presented in the context of our Gemara is not tshuva as a tzibor, but Shuva as the Yachid. The Ibn Ezra on the Pasuk in Yeshayahu Nun Heivav raises the obvious question. You give the impression that Dir uh, Hashem Behimatso, as if Shuva is not uh, possible at other times. And his understanding of at least the second part of the Ibn Ezra is clearly Hashem Clearly, Hashem is not restricted to a specific place and to a specific time, there's always this option, option for tshuva, but especially b'migdash, if we have the chance to have the most intense access as far as makom, and as far as man, as we're about to explain it, in the Rambam, Hilchas Tshuva, Perik Beis Halacha Vav, that Afal Pisha HaTshuva Vatsaka Yafa you always could do tshuva, and to cry out in tefillah, but as our Gemara and the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah more famously states, Basara Hayamim Shebein Rosh Hashanah Yomakipurim Biosa, and quoting this pasuk of Dirshu Hashem Bihimatso. Now the Rambam Lahalacha, just to show you how this turns out, Halacha, just like our Gemara, Bamedvar Mamurim Biyachid Avol Betzibur calls Mansha Osin Shuva Vitzakin Belev Shalim Heim Nanin. When tefillah comes, when the community comes together, assuming it's intense tefillah and shuva, then any time is the most propitious period. But what you have in the different mefarshim, and that's why I went to the Ibn Ezra, 
and you have this spelled out in the Yalka Shimoni on Yeshayahu, they also understand Dirshu Hashem Behimatzo not only when he is found, but where he is found. And that is specifically the most intense manifestation of Hashem's presence. Bizman Hazah is in the Bate Kinesiot or Bate Madrashos. That's the Al And that is, of course, how this plays out, even La Halacha. If someone has an opportunity of davening alone at home but could access a shul, then they should go out into a shul. And even a minion, as we've discussed many times, outside of a shul is lacking the divine, uh, same intensity of the divine presence. What a number of the Mepharshim on Tanakh raise here, and again, I don't want to spend too much time on it, but these are very relevant. When I say halacha lamasa, just in daily life, when we feel at times that Hashem is so far away. And the Malbim Yeshayahu, Perik Nun Hei Pasuk Vav, deals with that and just encourages us to keep working hard. The Lashon of Dirshu is we are not supposed to be passive in seeking out Hashem. Ramban tells us that Doresh is Lashon Tefillah, but it's not just Tefillah, it's Tefillah is an opportunity to really seek out the relationship with Hashem. Kirohu Biyosakarov could be as often as we make it and our desire to push in the effort. Okay, so this finishes up the parak, and now we're going to start back into Yavama Sugya with the great next Mishnah. As I like to do before any parak, let's just do a little bit of catch-up and we'll see where we are and the issues that we're going to focus on in uh, this parak at the outset of the Mishnah and moving forward in the parak of Rabban Gamliel. We know, of course, on a Daraisa level, how things work. Ruvain is married to Sarah. Unfortunately, Ruvain passes away, no children. Shimon, the brother of Ruvain, has the options in front of him. Yibum or Chalitza. That is clear, and we know the results of the Yibum and the results of the Chalitza. What we have seen is that the Chachamim add something called Ma'amar, Mamar, at least according to what we've established, we follow base Hillel, that Mamar on a Drabanan level does create some type of connection between Shimon and Sarah. This is a choice again when he's not doing Chalitza, and Mamar would be enough to require on a Drabanan level a get, a sorry, a, uh, yep, would require a get, but you still would require chalitza because the get is really coming from the drabbanan of kiddushin. It's not a full kiddushin like you'd have in a regular marriage situation. What I want to just point out today is we're going to see a position of Rebbe Gamliel. It's not the only Tana who has of this position where it's what we call a Suffolk Yiba. So, that is the nature of the relationship. Unlike Beishamai, remember, who said it was a full Yibam. Unlike Beishila, who says it's only on the Durabanan level, and then you would still require a Yibam. Or if you want to break off, you'd still require a Chalitza, even after a Get. Rabbi Gamliel is operating, is we're not sure if we're going to be like Beishamai or if we're going to be like Beishila, and there are going to be many manifestations of this. What I po- want to point out as well is that on a Durabana level, once we say that a get is required, 
even if it would not have been required on a deraisa level. Or, let's say we have a situation where instead of doing chalitza, the, the, the guy didn't know, Shimon didn't know, and he gives this uh, woman, the sister-in-law, a get. You know what the halacha is if a woman gets a get. She no longer has the ability, she's a grusha, and she can't marry a kohen. So even though this should not have been a situation of a get, if a get is given, then she's on a drabanan level, and that's Lamaisa, Masada Kedushin is not going to be able to do that wedding. The way I'm going to present this Mishnah is really looking at the sheet of the Chachamim, because at the end of the day, the Rambam and the Shulchan Aruch, Paskins, they follow the Chachamim, and then we'll uh, end with a, a Grusha, Halacha Lamasa, from the Pasha that's coming up of Pasha Zemmar, and some of the restrictions on marriage, on a Grusha and a Kohen. So the Rambam and Hilchus Yibam Chalitza, Perakei Halacha Yudalit, tells us that since a get in the realm of the Yibam world that we're in, in Mesechus Yivamos, is not Docha the Yivama, a Dechia Gemura. Remember, it's on a Drabana level, we take it seriously, but it's still not what was required Daraisa. Daraisa was required either a Yibam or a Chalitza. And then the Rambam says, V'chein Hamamar, Eino Kona Ba Kinyon Gamor. This is all exactly like Hillel. Remember, Rabbi Gamliel is somewhere in the Suffolk range to the opposite of Hillel is Shammai. But the only thing that is complete with the first is If you have a Be'ila or if you have a Chalitza, then that person is out. In our situation, Sarah is out. However, in a situation of a get, so let's take the case, Rashi says you could go in one of two ways, but let's take the situation where Ruven was married to two wives, and now Shimon does gives a get to one of them. The second get, or giving a get to the second one, would still have an impact since there was not a complete pushing off and ending to this Isha. So that's what the Rambam says, L'fikach ger acher get. In situation where there was a complete yibum uh, through beila through a bia, then obviously this total detachment between that party between uh, Ruvain and the second wife, and this is translated la into the shulchan aruch. What I just wanted to spend uh, some time on is the question of prohibited relations of a Kohen. It's just an opportunity to discuss this because one of them would be in a situation where there was a chalitza, then a, a complete chalitza, as the Rambam spells out, then obviously she's considered to be a full garusha. And we're also paskening in a situation on the Rabbanon level where the get, although it would still allow get achar get, would still knock her out from being able to marry a Kohen. So I wanted to bring us back to something that we learned in the last parak. I didn't have the opportunity to give the shear, which uh, Rabbi Israeli covered, back on Masechus Yuvama's staff, Mem He Amid Aleph, and how this is explained, Lahalacha, in the Shulchan Arach Evan Ezer, Dalit He, Dalit Yutes, as well as in the Rambam, Hilchos Yisuri Bia Tesvav Gimel, although less clear there. 
The bottom line is that sometimes in marriage, as we're seeing in this Mishnah of Rabbi Gamaliel, we don't have an exact certainty of how the Torah paskins. So you have in this week's parish, I'm recording this before MR, certain prohibitions, but then you have different applications of it. So the issue that I'm bringing up, if you recall back to Yuvamas Memhei, was a Kohen, whether a Kohen is allowed to marry someone whose mother is definitely Jewish, so the baby's Jewish, but the father was a non-Jew. The Gemara didn't explicitly have that case, but that's a practical case, the Halach Lamasa, not so rare. I mean, it's not it's not as frequent as some other situations, but the general question is if Yehadis follows after the father, does having a non, after the mother, we are matrilineal descent and not patrilineal descent, does the father's status matter at all? If you look into the Shulchan Aruch that I quote in those two sources, when it comes to the Kohen, it does matter. And he would not be able to marry someone whose father is not Jewish, even if the mother is Jewish. It's pretty, it sounds a little bit extreme, but that's how it's understood. It's not exactly clear the position of the Rambam. But what you do have here is what happens in retrospect. In, in, let's say they got married. Let's say they were given the wrong guidance, so they didn't realize there was a situation. This would not be a situation where there's zero. It's not really even a question of Suffolk. The Kiddushin is Chal, and obviously then the marriage would be considered to be marriage. The Gemara made clear there's no Mamzera, so that we're already out of. The only question was whether we would allow the marriage to take place. And just to show you how these are practical, halachalamaisa cases, Ramosha discusses this case, Negros Moshe, Evan Ezer, Aleph, Vav. A, a number of years ago, and I had to deal with such a situation in a different community, there was a, a write-up of this by Rabbi J. David Bleich. J. David Bleich was one of my teachers at Yeshiva University. And if you want to look at it, it's Tradition 40, Year 40, Volume 2. It was in 2007. Did a very practical case on how some of these cases come up in Eretz Yisrael as well. So my main point of takeaway from Rabbi Gamliel is, first of all, you have to know, Rabbi Gamliel versus Chachamim, you look at the little letter next to the halacha, we're going to follow the Chachamim. That's what's happening in this Mishnah. To see where you do have, sometimes you're in the realm of Suffolk. We stay away from as many Sveikos as possible. You don't allow a Kohen comes to the rabbi and wants to marry a Grusha. We're not going to allow that marriage to take place. If the marriage ends up taking place, so the Kohen is, is going to be treated somewhat differently. We discussed this earlier. It's not a public embarrassment, but it doesn't have the same status. The children won't have the same status as Kohanim. It comes to practical issues. These are very difficult halachas, but this is really what we've seen throughout Masechus Yavamos is we surrender our will to the will of Hashem. And of course, it has to be dealt with in sensitive ways. Now, the question that comes up in all these cases that you have in Parshas Emor how exactly we do we establish the kahuna bizman hazeh? And here, the Rav felt, Rabbi Salavechik felt, 
and you have tshuvas like this of Moshe, you, you need there to be some form of authority that the person's a Kohen. Somebody shows up to a rabbi and says, I'm a Kohen, doesn't necessarily make him a Kohen. Happens to be, I know, a situation that the Rav said looking at the gravestone is definitely enough to establish that this person was a coin. If you see the grandfather had uh, hands, as was practiced. The more practical situation comes up, a woman falls in love with a coin. She's a Grusha. Is there any way to, we say, defract this person from being a coin? The answer is no, if he truly is a coin. But maybe at times, and there are certain times we could try to establish that he's actually not a coin. But these are types of decisions that are literally made by the Gedole Haddor. We have a lot more to say. Have a great week of learning. And we'll continue into this difficult but well-accomplished parak. And that's what we're going to feel once we're done with this parak. Very well-accomplished.